0: Welcome to an encouraging word from Pastor Elliot Warren from Cross-Culture Church in Houston, Texas. Today, I have something really special for you, today, you know, to share. And um, I would just say, you know, it's like um, a testimony of what I'll call my prophetic week. My prophetic week. Didn't sound like much of a prophetic week, but it was definitely a prophetic week. The whole week was prophetic. God was in it. And um, it's a very intriguing story. It's about God's faithfulness. It's about how God gets involved in our lives. It's about mystery. You know, God, had, there's a lot of mystery to God. We're always supposed to be searching out God, looking for God, considering God, wondering, you know, the, about God. And, and um, you know, God doesn't just make everything so clear. Sometimes we have to seek him out. And um, actually, I would say that's the way we're always supposed to be. You know, God doesn't tell you everything up front. He gives you a little bit and he gives you a little bit and he gives you a little bit. I like the way he, he worked with John the Baptist, you know, he's like, um, you know, he's seeking the Lord and hey, the one that the Holy Spirit comes upon, um, you know, that's going to be the one. And so he's having to stay connected to the Lord to see, to see. And that's the way we should always be. And I think it's funny. Then the Holy Spirit comes on Jesus and John the Baptist would going, hey, That's Jesus. Lord, why didn't you just tell me? It's on my cousin, Jesus. He's the one, right? No, he says, keep your eyes open. So God's always wanting to communicate with us. And the the Bible says in the New Testament that um, the Holy Spirit wants to always lead us, communicate with us, speak to us things that we need to hear. But we have to be in tune to hear that. And I hope you'll connect with some of that. As we're going along, well, as you know, you know, we were in Montana last week. Montana, I mean, you'd be surprised. I I never hear of anything in Montana, right? You know, I don't even know what's in Montana. Potatoes that slide in there from Idaho. But um, it's just really interesting. We, We went to Yellowstone and but uh, but by far the most beautiful place I've ever been in my life was in Glacier National Park, and a uh, Melody I believe told me that there's one highway or strip of land uh, road there that they say that's the the most beautiful scenery anywhere in the world, and it was amazing. Um, so I just have to say that about Montana. You know, uh, it, it's you should go there and be careful when you go, because Montana has like in the, it's in the top <laughs> of. Uh, People who have DUI, so be careful about that. But anyway, I want you i want you to pay attention to this now. Thursday night, last week, Thursday night, before we're going to bed, now it's me and my wife, Olivia, my daughter, Melody. I have other children, but th- this is all that was there in this trip. So Thursday night, I've, before we go to bed, we're all tired. I feel like, man, I need to get in the word or we need to get in the word. There was something in me that felt like we're supposed to get in the word. That's the first little pull I had. And I thought, I just feel like I need we need to do something. I didn't know what. So the thought that came to my mind is. Let's just all pick a verse. Pick a verse, though, that you don't know what it is. And then we're going to see if God would speak to us. And give us insights in that verse. And so I said, let's play Bible roulette. Let's play Bible roulette. And uh, it didn't seem like the ladies were interested in playing that. But I was still like, something was gnawing at me on the inside. And when I said that, Proverbs 27.1 pops in my mind. So I'm going, I just said to them, My verse is Proverbs 27, 1. I don't even know it's there. All right? And so I'm going to go ahead and read it. Again, I I think think they were like, oh, daddy, you know, or, or, oh, honey, what do you, uh, okay. You know, but here I go, i read it. And it says this, do not boast about tomorrow, for you do not know what a day may bring forth. Now, we could read any verse and just go, well, that verse means this. But somehow when I read that verse, it's like this verse is for you. You ever read a verse like that? And you're going, whoa, wait a minute. And it's almost we were all just started laughing because we're going, wait a second. There's something a little eerie going on here because it's like that verse is for us. And it struck me that way. So I lay down on my bed and I'm going, wait a minute, God. It's not just about. What does the verse say? It's about, wait a minute, what are you saying to us through that verse? What are you saying to us through this? What are you wanting to communicate to us? And I get up in about a minute and I go, wait a second. What God is telling us is we need to pray about tomorrow. We need to pray about any kind of evil happening tomorrow. We need to pray that God protect us tomorrow. And so I began, I got up, and, and again, because it's been bothering me, right? So I get up, and I begin to pray, God, protect us tomorrow. God, whatever the enemy has planned for us tomorrow, in Jesus' name, I declare it won't prosper. And we declared, and we prayed, and prayed through that. Now, let me just say, in my whole life, I can never remember, ever once, picking out a particular day before, and praying over that day. All right? So this isn't like something I would normally do. I had that word, and I prayed, and I have to say this, I'm extremely thankful I prayed. When I went to bed that night, I was still a little bothered. And had I known what I know now, I would have prayed a little bit longer and a little bit more intensely, right? But just let me, let me just leave that there. But, um, so that's what happened. We were praying like that the next morning I get up and, uh, we prayed that morning. God protect us from this day, whatever the enemy has planned for us, protect us. And we were connecting with the prayer I had prayed the night before, right? I was connecting with the the prayer we prayed the night before. Now, at the end of the day, we're sitting at the restaurant, um, this faux restaurant, not false restaurant, but a a Vietnamese place. And um, right before we leave, I forgot what Melody and I were talking about, and I almost said to her, look, it's interesting, nothing nothing happened. After that, well, nothing happened. But I thought, I'm not even going to bring it up. Right, and then we get in the car, and in about five or ten minutes—I don't know how long it was—but was five or ten minutes, right? Five or ten minutes. We're going. We're, you know, we're going down the road. It's a straight road. I mean, it's not like anything dangerous. I mean, you wouldn't think. We were going 65, and then out of nowhere, boom! And the car—the way I it. It's just like, we're here, then all of a sudden, we're somewhere else. Like, we were displaced, and there was a loud noise. So, so I looked at Melody, and I'm going, hey, what just happened? Literally, I thought we had been bombed. I know that sounds crazy, but I didn't see a car. There were no lights. There was no car. There was a huge noise. The, it was like the, the car went boom like that, and I thought, there was there was a was there a bomb in our car? Or did we get hit with a bomb? What was that when this loud noise? And of course I was very disoriented. I don't remember what happened, but that loud noise and that immediate one second after what happened, it still can be I can still remember that so easily. And and Melody goes, Dad, we were hit by a car. And so um then I noticed my wife, she's screaming. They said I was screaming too. I don't even remember that. I'm like, are you sure I was screaming? Yeah, you were screaming. Are you sure I was screaming? Anyway, I look back at my wife. And, Honey, are you okay? I never remember. It's hard for me to turn around. And then, and then um, I turned around and I don't remember all of this. Melody was telling me, I said, something's not good, something's not right. And I'm looking down and I was in a lot of pain. And um, I just passed out. I had a concussion, I found out later. I passed out and some, you know, strange things were happening. Melody was on the phone. She said she was very calmly tell, <laughs> telling 911 uh, where we were. And they said, how's your daddy? And she looked over and she goes, oh, no, get here right now. <laughs> 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 and so and she said, at that moment, I, I, I lost my coolness. And, um, but I wasn't, you know, I was out. I wasn't hearing that. And um, I won't share all that was going on right there with me, but um, I went, it's so interesting. I went into a dream when I was in that state. And in that dream, it was amazing peace. It was like I escaped everything that was going on right there. And then, and then when I came out of that dream, my, it was like this, I could see, but it was just like the light went out and then I completely lost my sight. I'm looking around. I can't see a thing. I'm just blind. I'm going, oh man, this is the craziest thing. And I remember when they took me out on the gurney, you know, I can remember that started to come back. And I remember telling the guy, he was looking at me. I said, my sight's back. I can see. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Right. And, um, but anyway, you know, uh, you know, my wife, what had happened with her? She's broke. She'd broken six ribs and, Had, you know, her spleen was ruptured or whatnot. And, um, you know, so I don't know. You know, they they were going, take him first. Take him first. They thought I was going to die. But praise the Lord. I'm still here. My wife's still here. And we're happy. And we're ready to go forward into the next season of life. And it's only been a week, right? I just want to, I mean, anyway, I'm going to get more into this. But I am just, I am so thankful. Let me say I'm thankful. That I prayed that night before, I'm thankful that I prayed that morning, and I'm thankful for everybody that was praying that night. Uh, I'm just I'm just amazed at at what God did here, um, because I just something really really big happened that night and that whole week, and I actually believe the whole incident was demonic. Now we say don't say the devils. There's you know there's a devil behind every bush. I heard somebody say. That And he says, no, there's not a devil behind every bush. There's at least two. Um, and so um, it wasn't just happenstance. I don't believe that at all. And I believe that's why God had me prayed against any evil that had been fashioned against me. Now, how things happen, you know, what the devil might know about the future. What, I, don't even know, I don't even understand all of that. All I know is God had us pray about any evil that the enemy has fashioned against us, anything negative, right? And I fully believe that that was the evil day that's spoken of in Ephesians 6, when it, when it says, be prepared, be in prayer, um, be, have your shield up so that you'd be ready in that evil day. And it's talking about spiritual warfare, Warring with principalities and powers and, and forces of, of evil. It says this is what we're really wrestling with. And be prepared so that in that evil day, you'll be ready. What's the evil day? I believe it's the day Satan's plan comes together. I don't know how Satan does what he does. I know for God, you know, one of the ways God works is we pray, we believe God, you know, we ask. And then, boom, God pours out. We can believe God. God says he answers prayers, right? What causes Satan's power to be poured out in a certain situation? I don't even understand all of that. The Bible does speak about words that can be spoken. There's even people that actually do witchcraft. A lot of, I don't even understand all those things. But all I know is the devil tries to bring his powers into play. And I just would just mention this right here. I believe that he threw everything he could at us that day. For some reason, he had that day off, like, where he, he just dedicated that, that day to doing what he could. But again, I just want to emphasize this. I believe Satan threw everything he could at us. And we're here today, and he lost. What he did did not work. Amen? It's over. Now, I want to share this whole trip, I believe, was very prophetic. Very prophetic. Okay? This is really neat to me. Um, You know, when God God can speak to you because the Holy Spirit's with us. He can use things to speak to you. He can use people that you're in conversation with to speak to you. He can use crazy phenomena that happen to speak to you, right? He can use things, right? So... One day, a few days earlier, we're going out earlier than this wreck. We're going out, and um, we're at Old Yellowstone, which, by the way, cannot compare to Glacier National Park. (laughs) But we're out in in, um, Yellowstone National Park, and uh, we're like, we've got to see Old Faithful just to say we saw it, because that's the only one thing everybody knows is there, right? So toward the end of the day... We go out to see Old Faithful. Well, it starts to get cold, and we're out there waiting, and then it starts to get really windy. We're, we're waiting for, to watch a geyser, right? And, of course, we know it's going to erupt because, guess what? It's faithful. That's why they call it Old Faithful, because it comes in a certain time interval. So... Um, we're out there, it gets cold, it gets windy and and guess what? It's think about this, it's summertime still, it hadn't become fall yet and it begins to snow out of nowhere like about a let's say a couple of minutes before old faithful. And then it begins to snow like crazy. This is like the biggest Snowflakes I've ever seen in my life. I mean, it the snow is thick. It's just come out of nowhere. And it when it gets this thick, you can't even see very well. Guess what? Old faithful erupts. Right there. People started laughing. We've been waiting this whole while, and people are laughing, going, I can't see it. I can't see it. I mean, you can't, you could. See make it out that it's there, but you, you can't see what you've been waiting all this while to see. And one person's laughing. I believe you were telling me, Melody, that one person goes, I know it's there, but I can't see it. I know it's there, I just can't see it, which I think is a really neat statement. Okay, so so that that was what was going on there. And that snow, I just think, was amazingly unusual. See, I think, God was really using this incident to highlight something and bring it to my attention because I'm going, I'm watching this, and the snow comes right on cue out of nowhere in the summer. Everybody's surprised, and it's thick, heavy snow right when Old Faithful erupts. And after that, I'm going, man, I just, I know that's strange. But beyond that, I believe God is speaking something to me. I just don't know exactly what he's saying. Now, you might already, because God uses symbolism, doesn't he? Um, You remember God tells this to Jeremiah. God says, Jeremiah, what do you see? Jeremiah goes, I see the branch of an almond tree. And he goes, well, you have observed well, for I'm going to hasten my word to perform it. And what he's doing, is he's pulling out a story from what he's seeing, right? And he's showing them something. So I'm looking at this and I'm going, even right then, I'm going, God wants to tell me something through what I just saw. There's a, there's a message in that. And so I'm going to pray and see what God would inspire me with, right? I was thinking about this picture event. Now, the Proverbs 27:1 word hadn't come to me yet, but it's a similar thing, are y'all with me? You remember when Proverbs 27:1 comes, I'm having to go, "God, what are you saying? What are you saying? I know you're going to say something here." Well, this is this began earlier when I'm at Old Faithful and a snowstorm comes in the middle of Old Faithful. So I'm going Mm, God, man, you—I feel like you want to tell me something, Lord. What do you? What is it? What is it? What do you want to say? And then uh, later that night, okay, so I leave, We leave Old Faithful and all that, and we're on the way home. where we go to an Airbnb. I guess we probably went out and ate somewhere, and uh, it's dark by this time. Well, not really, because the moon is out, and it's a full moon, and it is so bright. And I'm going, wow, look how big and bright that moon is. And by the way, in Montana, if you think we've got big farms here, I mean, in Montana, it looks like some of these farms, they go on forever. I mean, it's huge, some of these farm lands. So we're driving through farm country to get to our Airbnb. On the way there, on the way to our Airbnb, we pass by... These tractors at nighttime, I mean, big tractors like 10, 12, maybe even more, huge tractors all lined up with men in them. And I'm going, What are they getting ready to do? I've never seen this. Look at all these tractors this late at night, and they're getting ready to go work. And I thought, Wow, I have never seen that in my life. What a strange sight. And again, I'm going, there's something in this of a message from God. God's speaking to you through this. And I'm going, God, what do you want to say to me? What, what insight do you want to give me? And um, when we go home and someone was reading on, on uh, their probably their phone and said, oh, by the way, today... There's a harvest moon. It's the harvest moon. And I I look it up, and what does it say the harvest moon is? The harvest moon is that moon that comes out at the end of the harvest season. Or it's, I should say it's the big harvest day when farmers get to go out and work late into the night because it's so bright. Now these these tractors. At least some of them had their lights on, but they're working in a sort of a light, you can see environment. Y'all see what I'm saying? But the harvest moon is that day that represents the harvest, a harvest moon. I've never heard of it before. And I'm going, wow, this is part of this message that God is like, you know, God just loves intrigue, doesn't he? You know that? God loves to get be involved in our lives. He loves to speak to us, I believe, all the time. I've told you all before how God was just teaching me to learn how to hear Him differently and how I'd wake up sometimes with a song and i go, wow, that's, that's the answer to something I was just seeking the Lord on and something like that. But anyway, here I am thinking about this. And then I told you what happened on Thursday night when I get that word about um, Proverbs 27.1. And then we had the wreck. And then I just want to share with you what I believe was the prophetic message of last week. Because I believe it is so powerful. And I believe that it is amazing. And I believe it's not just for me. But I believe it's for everybody that's connected with me and in this ministry. And I believe even more than that, it also pertains to what God's getting ready to do in a much bigger picture. So... All right, y'all are probably already thinking here, right? Okay, guess what Old Faithful represents? Old Faithful. Old Faithful. Y'all can guess. Yes, God. Old Faithful, I believe, symbolically represents God, right? God is faithful. Now, it's interesting to me that the snow had been so thick, you almost couldn't see old faithful, right? And I believe that's so powerful because what we go through in life can often make it look like God is not faithful. God is not there. God is not helping, right? And it's just like these people were saying, I can't see it. And one person you know, is going... Well, I know it's there, but I just can't see it. And that's the way it is with God so many times. Our circumstances aren't telling us God's faithful. We can't see it, but in those times, because of what's going on, we have to know He is there by faith, because He's faithful. And I believe He was shouting that day, I am faithful, amen? Now, some of the other things we see about that is, what's another thing? Why is Old Faithful Old Faithful? Because it's on time. It's on time. I believe God was shouting that. I am faithful, and I am going to come through on time, and you're going to see it. It's going to be amazing what I do. Amen? Amen. I believe God is shouting that to us right now. I'm faithful. I'm going to be right on time, and you're going to see me do what I'm going to do. Is God old? Old faithful. Is God old? Yes. He's not old and decrepit. He's old in that he's ancient. God is ancient. He's the ancient of days. He always has been. I read this verse, and I was just, like, blown away with it. Almost my tears were starting to come to my eyes. Daniel 7, 9 says, The ancient of days, old faithful, the ancient of days took his seat. His clothing was white as snow. I thought, are you serious? Man, if you were going to try to take that verse and do something in the world to show the ancient of days being clothed as with snow, there's no other... Um, there's, I can't imagine a better way to do it. Are y'all with me? If you wanted to illustrate that in a, in a form, you know, to like just to highlight something. Man, I'm going, it's just amazing to me. What about the snow? The snow also was on time. That snow came out of nowhere right then. The snow itself was faithful. It's reemphasizing how God brings everything together at the right time. God brings everything together at the right time. Now, what does snow symbolize? Snow in the Bible. Snow symbolizes cleansing and a new beginning. Praise God, there's a new beginning and there's a cleansing. Psalm 51, 7. So um, Proverbs 25, 13, snow represents refreshing times of refreshing. The Bible says in the New Testament, times of refreshing comes from the presence of the Lord. This is a time of refreshing that's coming from the presence of the Lord. What else does snow represent in Job 38, 22, It says snow represents the storehouse of heaven being opened up in the earth. Praise God. I believe God for the storehouse of heaven amen to be opened up in this season. And there's one other verse in 2nd Chronicles, excuse me, 1st Chronicles 11:23. It says this, Benaiah went down into a pit on a snowy day and killed a lion. So a snowy day is a good day to kill a lion, if y'all are with me. So let me just reiterate this, which what I believe, I do believe God is saying this. I believe it. It's like inspiration, it's, okay? I believe that it's the time of refreshing. I believe the old is being clean, cleansed out. I believe that the storehouses of heaven are being opened over us. And I believe that it's a good day to kill lions. Now, what do I mean by that? The Bible says that Satan goes about like a roaring lion. Benaiah wasn't killing a lion that represented Christ. He was killing a a lion that represented Satan. And so I believe that it's a good day to go to warfare. It's a good day to win over our enemies. And the lion that roars against us, God says, it's the day, it's that snowy day, when I'm going to give you victory over all of your enemies. I believe that's the day that we're living in. Praise God. So God is saying what? It's, it, he's, he's faithful. He's on time. God is also bringing all these things that come with the snow, with, with the refreshing. It's a new season happening. And then guess what? Later, what's happening? The harvest moon. What's he saying? What time is it? God's always on time. Well, what time is it? It's also time for the harvest. Amen. I believe that harvest represents souls. But I just want to say, you have to say what God's inspiring. And as I was praying through, I fully believe this harvest is very multidimensional. It's souls, but there are going to be so many other things that happen in this harvest. It's going to be huge what God is going to do in this hour. Amen? It's going to be really, really amazing. Now, in addition to all of this, I was thinking, oh, wait a second. I believe this is on the harvest moon. I'm going, I believe we're actually in a feast of the Lord. You know, there's seven feasts of God, and this was and I look it up and sure enough indeed it happened the moon and all this stuff happened on the feast of tabernacles <laughs> i'm going man you i couldn't have made this happen on myself right by myself it happened on the feast of tabernacles and so i'm just curious i mean i i know generally what the feast of tabernacles is doing you know what it represents but I thought, I want to see what they say it symbolizes. The number one thing that was written there is God's faithfulness. Is that not amazing? Are you with me? It's God's faithfulness. And I'm going, how many times has God already said that? Y- you see? It was like everywhere, God saying, I'm faithful. Why does it represent God's faithfulness? Because he preserved them through what they went through, all the battles. And he preserved them, and he ended up bringing them into what he had called them to to go to. He was faithful. He was faithful when he didn't look like it. He was faithful when there were enemy armies. He was faithful when they had setbacks. He was faithful through it all. And when they put up those tabernacles, they're remembering God's faithful. So, but what about the wreck? What about the wreck? I I just want to just say again, we're still here. Amen. I don't understand why that happened. I don't understand why God allowed it. Maybe I know I should have prayed a little bit more intensely until that thing. Came, but you know what? I believe God did hear our prayers. And I'll just say, here I am standing before you today. And there's my wife standing right there. And we'll be, you know, we'll we'll be doing whatever. Uh, jumping jacks. We, you know, we just love jumping jacks, whatever before long. So. <clears throat> but why? As I mentioned earlier, the enemy did what he did in the middle of this. Now I'll just think about it just for a minute. Does that ring a bell? Does that d- does a biblical picture come to mind? God saying, I'm getting ready to bless. I'm getting ready to increase. Harvest season is now. The snow's representing it. God is coming out in a big way and saying, Everything's changing right now. And guess what? Boom. Why? Satan goes about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. And not only that, that evil day, that day, this is what I believe. Anytime there's going to be a major breakthrough in your life, I mean major, from God, The devil will oppose it. He will store up. He will do whatever. He'll have words spoken against you, which is a form of witchcraft because words have power in in the spiritual realm. He, He will do so many things, right? And then he'll unleash at you trying to keep you from getting to where God wants you to be. He does it all the time. Think about Jesus. Jesus Gets baptized by John the Baptist. John the Baptist, like, oh man, you ought to be baptizing me. Oh no, John, I need to do this. You know, and then guess guess what happens? He yeah, Satan comes to meet him, right? Satan comes to get him off course. Why does he come right then? Because he knows what Jesus is getting ready to do. He knows what's getting ready to happen. This happens so many times right before David's greatest breakthrough. Y'all, y'all, I've shared this story many times last year. Right before David's greatest breakthrough, he's getting ready to become king. He doesn't know that yet. But all that God said, all those promises, they're getting ready to come to pass. He doesn't know that yet, though. He's going along, and guess what? Boom. The city's burned. His wife's stolen. All, the, all of his men, the same happened to them. It's his worst day right before his breakthrough. Don't tell me Satan doesn't attack. As a matter of fact, it was the Amalekites that attacked David, which is the same group of people that Saul gave into that gave him that place in the first place. And so there's a spiritual message there that was demonic. It wasn't simply something bad happened. No, the enemy pinpointed on David to take him out before his breakthrough. But guess what God did in the middle of the difficulty? In the middle of the difficulty, David goes, wait a minute. I don't know why this happened. I don't know why God allowed this to happen. But he, he goes and he prays. And guess what? God says, uh, he, he goes, shall I pursue? I love that. He wasn't whining. Oh, God, why this happen to me? He got over that. He got over why this happened to me. And he goes, God, shall I pursue? And God says, pursue. Because you're going to overtake them. And you're going to recover everything. So from that day where the enemy attacked him, he goes, this is my greatest day. That day, do you see, that day was the turning point for the days of blessing that were with him. That's amazing. The, the trial pushed him into the blessings. Are, are y'all with me? Now, on the way, so let me back up here. I, I just want to reemphasize, this trial now is not a sign of defeat. It's actually a sign of victory. I hope y'all can see that. I see that so clearly. This past week, to me, is like a turning point the whole week. It wasn't just like one thing happened. God speaking the same thing to me all week long about his faithfulness. Da, 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 da. He's going to do what he said. He's going to He's going to make it happen. Da, 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 da. Then, boom, just like it happens to so many others in the Word of God, it's it's almost to be expected in some way that the enemy try to prevent us from going forward, but he can't stop it. Amen. Okay, so I'm on the flight home and um, I had my little Kindle with me. So I'm learning how to use that thing. <clears throat> it used to take me so long to get somewhere. <clears throat> but again, I'm there and just Psalm 138 comes to mind. Okay, so here I'm going, okay, Bible rule it again. I don't remember what's there. You know, let me see what's there. And I start reading Psalm 138. It wasn't just a particular verse. I just, But as I read it, there were two verses that stuck out to me. I read one of these verses, I bet you, 25 times. Y'all ever read a verse and it's feeding you? It just is feeding you? You just keep reading it, it's feeding you. You keep meditating on it, it's feeding you. You know, keep doing that. So I just kept reading it. And reading it and reading it because I'm going, man, this is feeding me. And I want to read these verses to you. And we'll finish with this, these two verses. I'm going to read these two verses. They apply to me, but they apply to you. And I I want to hope you can see this. The part that I want to highlight is the first one is verse seven. Though I walk through the midst of trouble, you will revive me, raise me up, heal me. You will stretch out your hand against the wrath of my enemies. Man, I was just reading that and I'm feeding on it going, man, there's this is God communicating to me, feeding me from his word. God says, in the midst of trouble, he'll revive you. Why? Because the trouble tried to bring you down. And it's in the midst of difficulty, God says, I will revive you right there in the midst of your difficulty. And then what does he say? He will stretch out his hand against the wrath, the anger of my enemy. You know, the Bible says the devil has wrath, right? The wrath of the the devil. What is that? Um, That's Satan's anger um, coming against us, right? Um, And I believe what actually had happened was this was, if you want to call it the anger, the wrath of the enemy coming against me and coming against what God's getting ready to do with us. I fully believe that. And uh, God says this. I'm going to stretch out my hand against the devil for what he did. Do you all understand that? Let me read this again. You will stretch out your hand. He goes, revive me in the midst of trouble, what I've been going through. You will will revive me. And then he goes, you will stretch out your hand against the wrath of the enemy. He's he's saying, God, you will stretch out your hand against the enemy because of what he has done. His wrath, anger, outrage toward me. Do you see that? Man, let me just say this. The devil played what I call double jeopardy. He's going, I'm going to try to take him out. But it didn't work. And guess what now? God says, because of what you did, you're going to be so sorry for what you did. You're going to see what happens now. Amen. That happened to David. It didn't take him out. David, the, the enemy's going, man, if I can take him out, if I can take him out, that'll be it. No, it didn't work. And guess what? David put a put a killing on the devil. Right. God's going because of what happened, even because of what you did, there's now going to be a turn against the enemy. It's, it's a wonderful thing. Satan's going to be sorry he ever did what he did. And then verse eight, the next verse says. The Lord, let me let me read it all together. Though I walk through the midst of trouble, you will revive me. You will stretch out your hand against the wrath of the enemy. The Lord will perfect, which means to complete or finish that which concerns me. Your mercy endures forever. Don't forsake the work of his hands. What this is saying is simply God's going to finish what he started in me. God's going to finish what he started in you. It says, what does it say? He is faithful to finish what he started faithful faithful God's gonna finish what he started I don't care what things look like it doesn't matter how bad things look it doesn't matter how irrational it looks that God would do this God's gonna finish with every single one of us what he started and he won't just want you to believe maybe you can't see him in what you're going through you can't see him because of circumstances but God is saying I am there trust me I'm gonna come through and guess what When it happens, you're going to go, wow, he was on time. He did exactly what he needed to do at the right time. He did it. He made it happen. He brought it to pass. And God is going to do that if you'll just hold on to God. Amen. And then he says this at the end, do not forsake the work of your hand. What he's saying there is, God, do what you do. God, just do what you do. Just get involved. All you need is for God to be activated, so to speak, in your life. And what does God do? He destroys the works of the devil. He blesses us. He calls us to go from faith to faith, from glory to glory, from one place of fruitfulness to a new place of fruitfulness in God. I love that. And I want to encourage you because I believe for every single one of us here today, We're at a place where God said, I'm going to take you from where you are now. You've been in this season, but I am dramatically saying the seasons are changing right now. It's harvest time. You're going to reap a harvest of blessing right now. It's the time of new things. The old is gone. It's the time of refreshing. It's the time when the presence is going to come. Trust me, it is time. Seasons have changed. Amen. It's amazing. Praise God. Father, we want to thank you, Lord God, for this prophetic hour we're living in. We thank you, God, for this season where you said, Lord, you would come through for us. You would help us. And God, we are so looking forward to what you've got. Father, I know it's a new time of warfare. And just like when you said, um, God, it's a a good time to kill a lion in a snowy pit. Father, I do believe right now, that it's a new day of warfare, we need to all be prepared. We can't be sleepy Christians. We can't be, you know, passive. We can't be not alert. We must be in our word. We must be listening to you. We must be ready at all times, alert, watchful, as you said, to be watchful. You told us all those things, God, not just because they were nice, but because we need to be that way. So, God, I pray, even among us right here and those that are listening, that we would come to a new place of alertness, that we would come to a new place of readiness, that we would we would be, like it says in Ephesians, that we would be ready, um, God, for battle, ready for war, ready for what's coming our way, that we would not be uh, snuck up on unawares. But, God, we see more and more clearly as we enter into new things, the warfare increases, but so does the grace to win. So, Lord, right now we just pray, and I pray for everyone here right now, Lord, that, that there would be a new alertness, a new desire to press in, a new willingness to believe you, God, and to spend time building up our faith through prayer and the Word of God. And Lord, we thank you in this season. We're going into a new land. There are giants there, but God, you've prepared us to overcome. In Jesus' name, amen. Let me just finish, guys, with this last word. One thing I remember when I I got back, I was reading that verse about the warfare going, oh, wow, we're in a new place. And I started getting into the word of God in a little different way than I have recently. And I started claiming the word. I started standing in faith. I started just and I just and I realized, man, I feel a little weak in this area because I haven't been doing it like this. Right. And I'm going, wow, we need to all get to that place of faith where we trust God every day where every day we're believing God for blessing. Every day we're believing God to protect us from the wiles of the devil. Every day we're believing God for an advancement, where wherever the devil is, he's been kicked out of the way, where there are no doubts, no fears. You see, if you have doubts or fears on the inside of you, there are weaknesses that the devil can use to try to blow you over. Because doesn't it say in James, the person who fears or doubts is like the surf of the seas, blown back and forth, right? The Bible says we need to be firm in our faith and strong so that we can withstand the wiles of the devil. Don't think you can be a passive Christian and be successful in your faith. It doesn't work. Forget that. Don't think you can be a prayerless person and a powerful person spiritually. Forget it. It will, can't happen. Don't think you can be a person that doesn't need to recite the Word of God, confess the Word of God, believe the Word of God, put it in your mouth and stand on it and get it in your heart, and it worked for you. It doesn't happen. The Word works in those who believe and who have planted it in their hearts and who have watered it. Amen? So I want to encourage you, rise up. In this hour, you're going to rise up. You're going to need to rise up. And uh, it's going to be glorious because we're all going forward. Amen? And I'm going to do everything I can to pull you up. And I just encourage all of you guys, pull each other up. Encourage each other in the faith. We're going to build each other up in this hour. It's going to be wonderful what we see. God bless you, and we'll see you next week.